0: Hello everyone, this is Attila Toth and welcome to The Cogniverse Show, where I interview top marketing managers, CMOs and world-class marketers to find out how they tackle the complex challenges of marketing, how they find the road of success and what are the tips and tricks they use to achieve outstanding results. In this episode, we have Fabian Merkel, who is a digital innovation and Venture Consultant, who believes that curiosity and courage make a difference. He's dedicated to building great products and ventures which make things easier, faster and better. As an imprint of this process, he's also a Podcast Host and Community Manager at AI Zurich, an initiative that aims to bring AI closer to the DACH region, meaning Germany, Austria and Switzerland, and to build an AI community through specific events and meetups. You can connect with Fabian on LinkedIn. I'll put his link in the show notes. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Hello, Fabian. Welcome to the Cogniverse Show. I'm glad you're here. Hello, Atila. Thank you for having me. You are a true AI enthusiast who doesn't like to beat around the bush. Am I right? Could you tell me where your interest related to artificial
1: intelligence comes from? Sure. Actually, it started like uh, almost two years ago. I uh, was working at the... Big consulting uh, project what we did was uh, data mining. In particular, it was about process mining. And within this project, everybody was talking about artificial intelligence and how they want to apply it and, oh, which artificial intelligence should we buy. So actually, um, to me, I had the impression that there were a lot of people talking about AI who didn't really understand what it is. And I felt it some way, and then from that I started to educate myself about AI, in particular about uh, machine learning, and somehow that really grabbed my attention uh, in the way of its potential, in the way how it will uh, uh, transform our economies, our society, yeah, our our actual life, and. Yeah, since then, I'm really passionate about it, started my own podcast, which is called AI for Business. So, I'm interviewing people who work with AI, who do projects in, the, in some field of AI, and I want to give them the voice. So, they really tell how it is. They do not use all that kind of buzzwords, you know, and, and just tell the same story, which the, the mass media is always telling. So, I really want to have an eye on something, how it really happens. Sounds pretty good. This means
0: you probably have a lot of definitions on AI. If I would ask you to give, let's say, a Cambridge dictionary definition, how would you define artificial intelligence from a business perspective?
1: That's a pretty good question, actually. And uh, having a definition of AI, it's uh, pretty complicated itself. Um, A colleague or former colleague of mine, she was uh, writing her master thesis about a definition of AI. So that's, uh, (laughs) that's a big topic but a really easy definition and i think that's the most applicable is ai is a technology that can take over tasks that uh, previously could only be solved with the help of human intelligence so i would say that's the that's the official definition but that doesn't really mean means much to me so for me a better way to explain what ai is and what it can do is by starting okay what is actually not ai um AI is not a robot. AI is not um, an a kind of intelligence where you can talk to. So we do not have um, real artificial intelligence at the moment. What we have is actually machine learning. So that's only actually a bunch of algorithm. It's a bunch of statistical models. You know, all this probability calculation uh, we had in school. That is what we have at the moment. So the question is what is the what is the cool thing about that, yeah? Why why is there hype now around that and what can we do with it? The main difference between like traditional software and um machine learning or artificial drills, however you want to call it, is um traditional software you have to program program everything, yeah. It's an if then uh, condition, you know, if this case happens, then do this. So you can imagine when you do an excel sheet with a lot of formula that's a lot of work it's get, get getting complicated uh, more and more. The cool thing about machine learning is that you do not have to pro- uh, program it. It learns itself. You can train it a bit like a like a small child, you know? Uh, you have a child and you show him a dog and the child realizes after seeing the dog two or three times, okay, that's a dog now. And you can do Pretty much the same with um, machine learning. Of course, you need to show them some more pictures of dogs, um, a bit more than an average child, but that's the principle how it works. So now you can do things which you couldn't program before actually. And that is from a business perspective, the really, the cool thing about. So you're confirming that what you
0: experience with AI is related to making data processing faster, more assisted, more efficient. And you also agree to the fact that we are not looking at Terminator phase robots. Skynet is not really
1: here yet, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the thing is why, I mean, artificial intelligence has been in place for, I think, 60 or something. It, uh, the basic concepts were developed in the 50s. But nowadays, we have the data. Because in the last 20 years, we were like really collecting a lot of data. And also now we have the computing power, you know, uh, we have law, So uh, every two years, um, the, the prices decrease by half for the computing power. So now you have the ability actually to put those concepts from the 50s and 60s into practice.
0: <laughs> it took us quite a lot of years to put it in practice. But I agree. What is interesting that in my field of work with digital transformations and digital marketing, when we see the use of AI, it's totally, as you said, in the direction of statistics or something that's more like a predictive assistance rather than what people imagine and what Hollywood is putting in front of us. But to move to our next topic, what do you think are the key benefits for businesses to
1: think about implementing AI solutions? Sure, but maybe let me add something uh, to, to the, 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 the definition. Um, what we have is a narrow AI at the moment. We do not have a general AI. So, what AI is being able currently is to solve really a specific tasks like, okay, um, Recognize a dog or recognize a cat or say it's a cat or it's a dog it's It's not a general artificial intelligence where you can ask like really complex uh, questions and they will be answered, so maybe that makes it a bit more tangible to understand absolutely yes so okay um yeah, now we're talking about the benefits. Your question was uh, why why should uh, businesses use AI technology
0: Yes, and basically. You met AI, myself met AI, but the business owner or let's say a head of marketing, a CMO who hasn't touched base with AI and is looking to implement new technology in its business to be more efficient, to increase revenue, what would be the key benefits? How do you see it? What are the things why AI is worth thinking of?
1: Sure, I think there are two angles to look at um on this particular topic um there is this, this benefit um view um you can speed up processes, you can maybe save money, you can gain insights you haven't had before and create value upon that. So there, there, there are certainly some benefits you can uh, you can benefit from that. On the other hand is um, if you don't use it and your competitor start using AI and he's really successful with it, then you have a problem because he will operate on a lower cost basis, he will be faster, he will have the uh, insights. So I would look from those kind of perspective on the topic of AI and why you should using it. I do not say rush totally into AI, spend millions on it and transform your whole company right now. But what I'm actually um, saying is you should at least should start informing yourself now and you should start experimenting with it. Yeah, make little experiments in your company, see what you can do with it. Build the knowledge, build a kind of confidence to work with that, and then see how you can apply it in a really beneficial way for your business. Sounds good. As we are talking
0: about general implementation and piloting with AI, what do you think are the minimum data requirements to really start leveraging
1: the power of machine learning? Yeah, that's also a really uh, important and really good question, and it's a question everybody's asking, and um, <laughs> the honest answer is, it's it's hard to say. It uh, depends on the problem you want to solve. It depends how good you want to solve it, um, and it's not also about, it's not also, or it's not a it's not only a question of quantity, it's also a question of quality yeah. Um, how are your cases uh, distributed uh, over the data? Is the data up to date and format you know are they accessible? are they complete? That's also kind of factors you have to to look at. Um, I talk to some people who say, okay with the data sets of uh, when they when a data set have uh, 10,000 entries, there, this is a starting point to train a model, but you cannot have high expectations uh, towards this model. So I would say that's the that's the baseline. The question is, what can you do um, if you do not have enough data? Well, you can sometimes buy it. Yeah, if it's not uh, a really particular company-like case, you want to solve it, you might get. Uh, Public data, or you can buy it from another company. You can wait and try to produce more of this data. Maybe you can, um, yeah, build a model which is less complicated. So you um, so you divide your problems in smaller problems and only uh, use those parts to automate or to work with machine learning. So that is um, a lot of things you can do. And you can also um, really start producing it by yourself. There's a little uh, nice story um, about a bunch of students who developed an application uh, for farms. You know, you have uh, you have on the field, you have a lot of, of weeds and you have to spray a weed killer on them. And what we did um, until now... Um, you just got like a, a tractor and it was pulling weed killer all over and uh, weed killer is expensive and also weed killer is um, quite harmful to our environment. What they did is actually I, um, developed a model which is able to identify those weeds and only spray the weed killer directly on the weeds. And um, when they started, of course, there was no big collection of uh, pictures of wheat. So what they did, like they spent a few weekends outside on fields with their iPhone and they were just taking pictures of weeds. And then they had a couple of few thousands and then they had a starting point to work with. And then they continued. So, um, yeah, think in a creative way. Maybe there's a way for you to produce those data to work with.
0: It's an interesting story. So basically, even companies who are not yet owning a big data set or having huge data sets available can apply this strategy to build their own data. On one hand, I think this can be a story of inspiration for those who want to start piloting. And on the other hand, it can be a story of motivation to start building your own data. And for that, there are actually tools For example in terms of digital marketing many times what we like to use with our partners are data management platforms where you can choose different data sets and purchase them which are relevant of course to your business because otherwise if you just tap into some kind of data pool that is not qualified and you don't know the level of trust you're having on the quality then you train your model to do something that is not in scope of your business.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think sometimes it helps to think about data is like, like oil. Uh, a lot of companies think, okay, we have this, this bunch of data and it's like oil, it's, it's a treasure, we can use it. But what you have is, is crude oil. Yeah, it's, uh, You can do nothing with this unless you have a refinery and then you can create value of it that, uh, out of it. And uh, if it comes to data, yeah, this, this refinery is a really uh, difficult topic uh, because you have to take care of the quality of the scope and all the things you have mentioned. Exactly. I really
0: like this symbol, the symbol of oil. As lately, the internet started discussing that data is the new gold. And what I found and what I can say that Maybe it's not the new gold, but as you said, it can be the new oil or it can be the new soil. So data is kind of like soil. If the soil is good, you can plant your seeds, grow your plants. But if the soil is not good enough, meaning the data is not precise or it's not relevant to your business, then whatever you're planting, the results won't be something you'd like. Staying on this topic, what do you think are the most important AI driven tools that a digital strategist, a digital marketer, or basically any business executive
1: should be aware of? That's actually pretty difficult um, to say. And actually, I do not want to recommend a specific one. And um... The reason is that it really depends on the problem you want to solve, there is no one size fits all solution. So what I recommend is do your homework, look what kind of problems you want to solve, align the tools you want to implement um, along with your, with your data strategy. Because the point is, if you start training models, you have a kind of lock-in effect, you know? You can't just download it and and place it somewhere else that might be pretty difficult. So think about um, AI or machine learning tools a bit like an ERP system. Once you have implemented an ERP system and you're using it, it's really, really hard to uh, change to another system. It's almost impossible. On the other hand, there are a lot of new companies in this space. And if you're like a big company uh, working with a small company together, maybe they're out of business in two years and then maybe your models are gone. So that is also a problem. Um, So make sure you really select the right vendor. Do not rely too much on this vendor and um, have a kind of exit strategy. So do not make really long uh, contracts or something. Um, however, most companies do not have the problem of selecting uh, a vendor for any kind of machine learning application. They have bigger issues to solve first, so they actually need to uh, implement a data strategy. They need to maybe create a data lake. They they need to make their data accessible. So. That are the issues most of companies, at least in Germany, have to work on. And then later they can think about the right tools uh, for machine learning to use and implement. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you put this
0: on the table because before you can choose a tool, you have to make sure that you're ready to use it. But before we go into this readiness, I just want to stay a bit more on the tools from What I experienced, many companies believe that they are using AI because they bought a a software-as-a-service cloud application which states AI-driven X or Z. But actually, when somebody who has worked with AI checks it, can really shortly find out that it has nothing to do with AI. What would be your suggestion for companies who are out there trying to pilot with different vendors What would be a good way to avoid this fake AI software? Do
1: you have any recommendation on that? Sure. Uh, First of all, um, you shouldn't try to use AI for the sake of it. If you have a problem uh, or any kind of, of opportunity or challenge where it makes sense to solve it with AI, fine, then do it. If you have like... A problem which can be easily solved with a normal piece of software, um, why why should you use AI? So um, keep that in mind, okay. Just because someone is uh, is claiming to use AI, you know, what what is the matter? If if they are um, solving your problem in a, in a good way, fine, yeah, you don't have to care. Um, but I totally agree. AI is a, is a hype, everybody claiming uh, he's using it, you know, it's a bit like uh, like teenage sex everybody is uh, talking about and nobody's really doing it. And of course it puts a lot of peer pressure on, on anybody else, uh, I think we all can remember that from our teenage days, uh, so don't get stressed about that. Um, it's difficult uh, to, to tell the difference um, because, of course, you can't really look into their uh, system, into their, into their code. Um, maybe if they're really overusing the term, you know they are somehow uh, maybe yeah not really right about it. And I also know a lot of companies who actually use ML models heavily and they do not say anything about it. They don't want anyone to know because uh, they're afraid that com- uh, they lead competitors to their way of solving a problem in a really efficient way. So, um, yeah, if somebody is really overusing the term, um, that's maybe not true. There's also a little joke, it's uh, called um, machine learning is written in Python, and AI is written in PowerPoint. So, if they're also uh, talking about AI, maybe they're not really doing it because AI doesn't exist, what the people use is machine learning, deep learning, etc., etc. So, maybe it gives you an indication. Yeah.
0: It's an interesting job, but yes, I fully agree. And now let's get back a bit on what you said about putting the process in the right phase before starting to think about AI. What would be the starting point when you want to think about solving a solution, you realize that AI might help you, what are the things you have to make first ready in order to be, let's say, AI-friendly?
1: Well it really depends on the problem it really depends on what what kind of company uh, you are and what is the the current state of of your um, IT but let's assume um, you do not know much about how to use artificial intelligence, um, you just have a glimpse and uh, you only have the impression, okay, that might be something which you know can help us as a business and might be really interesting about, uh, for us, but you do not m- know much more. So um, first of all, I would really start learning about it, really read a few books, do a few online courses, maybe listen to podcasts, yeah, go maybe to, to a conference or something. So get to know the topic. Um, once you did that, put it on the map in your company, yeah, integrate colleagues, talk about it, maybe you find some nice use cases and do not wait for the, for the management because the nice and interesting use cases for AI, actually, they're mostly found by the, by the subject matter experts. Because they understand, okay, that's the kind of problem, uh, that's the kind of daily task I can uh, maybe automate with machine learning management or the really higher management is, is usually not the best um, yeah, address to find those really interesting problems. So really yeah, integrate your colleagues, integrate uh, subject matter experts, um, also learn from others. You find a lot of uh, interesting use cases online. Um, You can also sometimes transfer directly into your business because all that kind of business have the same issue uh, or sometimes it's far away, but still you can find some similarities. And then um, experiment in it, do a few proof of concepts, um, just just try it out, but then make sure you get the right approach. So you should really think about your strategy. You really uh, should put in place things like data governance, all that kind of stuff. So it's not becoming, you know, headless. We just try to integrate some, you know, AI models here and there. So align with the strategy and that's the, that's the big topic. And then it's also the level where your really unique problems will arise. You do you have a data lake, you know, are you in the client? Are you on-prem? Um, do you have any kind of regulations? Do you have like all this GDPR issues? All that kind of stuff comes up at this level. But you also have to um, solve that kind of problems.
0: So you're saying start getting to know the topic, then bring it to the people closest to you in the company to see what would be the potential of using machine learning. And basically, once you have one or two pilot ideas, then start thinking about
1: data governance and of course, your data strategy. Exactly. Maybe there's something I would uh, there's something I would like to add. Um, if you work with machine learning, um, there you shouldn't confuse it with um, traditional software development. Uh, in traditional software development, you can nearly solve any problems just with time, money, or you put smart people on it. You know they can program it, they can make it real. If you work with data, that's not the case because your, the performance of your model depends on your data and you cannot influence the data directly, you know, you, you, there's, there's no magic formula behind. If the data is not good enough, your model won't be good enough. So, uh, just you decide to maybe integrate AI doesn't mean that it will work at the end. It's 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 more experimenting, it's more working in a lab with, with chemicals, you know, you can't tell from the beginning uh, if it will work or not, you just can't find out by doing it. So um, that's why I would start with a small approach, fail fast, do a lot of proof of concepts, you know, find out what it means for you, how you can work with this instead of really starting this big, big program uh, with a lot of software vendors and maybe like 50 consultants right away, don't do it, really go the, the, the small scale approach. And then if you really know how to handle it and if it works for you, then go big. It's a good point. And thanks for
0: bringing this up because I heard stories and I had people reaching out to me saying that we've tried AI, it's not working for us it's probably not likely to work us at all. And that's not true because, as you said, it's an experiment first and people should be ready to fail. And actually, from that failure, you can learn, okay, what were the things that were missing or why the data was not the right data.
1: Exactly. And that's actually... a pretty dangerous situation. If you tried AI, it's not working for you, and now you think, okay, we we do not pick on this topic um, anymore, and someone else will solve it, and someone else will maybe disrupt your business, and um, that's a problem because a lot of people have too high expectations uh, towards um, AI. You know, um, maybe maybe there's an example with this um, autonomous driving. You know, um, everybody. At least in Germany, the cases, the people are um, frightened that um, this kind of self-driving vehicles might kill anyone, you know, because there's a child uh, jumping on the street and there's another old lady. So, you know, the car has to decide which person to kill and people totally afraid about it. And on the other hand, if you look on the street, how many accidents there are, how many people are drunk on uh, a car, or maybe taking their phones out and kill people, that's not a problem at all. So people have higher expectations towards uh, machine learning, towards AI, than they have towards other humans. And this kind of high expectation make it also really difficult in these early days where we are in now for AI to really create value. You should really lower your expectations. So if you do also uh, project management in this area, expectation management is key. AI is not hundred percent. It will do mistakes. It um, it won't be really nice at the beginning. So keep that in mind. And it also means if 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 your um, if your experiments turn out to not you know go that well, keep doing it. Maybe do not waste too much money and too much resources, but you know keep doing it. Absolutely. And as
0: most of our show listeners are working at Big Brands, I think you touched on a key point here, is that with AI, you cannot be satisfied just having one or two pilot activities. You have to do more until you find out what is working for you. And the bigger the company is, the more pilots it will need, because it's complicated to find from ground zero right away the perfect solution, even if you have a lot of data. Sometimes what I see happening is that people say, we have a huge data set. We are meeting every requirement to work with machine learning. Let's do something. And then they fail. And they fail badly at their first attempt. And then they put it in a box and they say, okay, We'll wait another five years and when somebody else does it right, we'll start the process again. And in order to not to get stuck with AI, I think it's critical, as you said, keep doing it, keep going onwards. It's not a simple input-output model. It's more complex and you need to find your way and there aren't perfect solutions and there can be
1: many, many scenarios. Exactly. I think you also mentioned another really uh, difficult problem. It's the problem that uh, people look at their data and then they think, oh, okay, what can we do with it? And then they build a really nice, good-looking use case for the management. And obviously, in the end, it's not going to work. You know, they they're not able to um, satisfy those exp- uh, expectation, or it's not not working at all. So always make sure you have a clear business value behind it. Okay, uh, maybe in this experimenting and get to know phase, it's good just to look at the data and play a bit um, with it around. But then take the other approach, really look for problems, and then think, okay, might that problem be a problem which can solve by AI? And if yes, okay, how we can do it, and what is the what is the real business value behind? So really quantify it. Okay, process duration um, will decrease, or we can save money, or whatever. So that is the that is the strategy you should go. And uh, maybe there's a little little story which which I can tell. We. Um, we built a little machine learning prototype to um, recognize documents. Um, it was for a pharmaceutical company and they have a lot of uh, documents about the drug development. And maybe they sell um, the license for a truck to another company, okay? They don't want to, want to produce it anymore. You no, know, it's, you know, they have to have any kind of reason to sell it. So, then they Take this 10,000 uh, pages or 100,000 of pages of uh, documentation about the drug development and whatever. Just give it to another company on the day where they are selling it. The problem is um, the health authorities. If they have any question um, about a drug, you must be able to answer that really, really fast. Otherwise, you know they will uh, block your uh, your drug from from selling. So, but imagine you get like 100,000 of pages uh, and then a the question and maybe the, these pages are in different languages and, uh, you know, they are sometimes from the 70s. So <laughs> there's actually no human uh, able to work with it. So we developed um, a model, we a, dev- a model who was able to not read those documents but to classify it, okay to say, okay, that is a kind of document kind of that type and it has that kind of keywords in it and it's written in that language and it might be related to that. And the, the model wasn't working 100%, okay? It was maybe uh, correct in, in 70% of the cases. And many people would say, okay, that's a failure. Um, but look at the other way. I mean, 70% were, were right. So you were still able to create any kind of value which won't be um, possible before because no human was able to do that. And, and 70% is still better than 0% uh, of the human. And it's still faster and it's still cheaper. So even though the 30% were wrong, you still had a major benefit. So that's the kind of c- uh, calculation you should do when doing that kind of projects.
0: It's a really good example And to put this 70% into a bigger perspective for our audience, imagine that seven times out of 10, you have good results and only three times you didn't find in those documents what you were looking for. So 70% in AI, in my opinion, it's quite a good result, something that's impressive. And as you said, people need to lower their expectations 100% perfect results will not be achievable on the first go. Not because you don't want to achieve that, but because maybe there are so many variables, for example, on these types of documents that you just cannot classify each and every one of them. So that's part of the deal.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Remaining on this topic and also thinking a bit on a bigger scale, as you said, You had experience in Germany, how do you see the openness and responsiveness of the market for accepting and specifically implementing digital trends like machine learning, deep learning? What do you consider as being currently the biggest obstacle of the companies in pursuing strategies that might involve this unconventional thinking to be disruptive to try out new things?
1: well i i only can speak for the for the german or german speaking uh, market um well to be honest uh it's not going pretty well for us um the problem is that a lot of companies here in germany do not feel the pressure they're still making too much money they're still too happy they underestimate the change who will come over us will transform our markets will transform our companies so what they do is they i would call it uh, they play this innovation theater you know they do a design thinking workshop from time to time and you know maybe they have a nice innovation lab room with a lot of posters in it but they're not really serious about it um, because you know going out of the comfort zone transform yourself it's it's Quite difficult, people have to new, uh, to learn new skills, um, they will maybe their job description will change, some people will lose power, some people will gain power. nobody wants that. and that is our biggest um, that's our biggest issue here in, in Germany, and that really blocks us and that really avoids unconventional thinking, all that kind of stuff because you only do it if you really want to do it and if, you have, and if you have a need for it, and currently we, the people do not see the need. Uh, to do that yes
0: and on the one hand i think this is an opportunity for those companies who want to think ahead and build ahead because it's still being underrated in what impact can have on a business level what you're seeing for germany i can confirm for europe in general uk hungary austria eastern europe what I experienced that these countries have the same mindset. The only difference where I see more openness are countries in Northern Europe, like Sweden, Norway, and of course, the US. They are really aware that this is happening and it's not only hype. So there's a huge opportunity here, people. And you can, of course, stay back and wait. But those who work, and who are currently working on it for sure will get ahead and the advantage they are gathering now it will be a game changer for them and once they are ahead it won't be easy to keep up with them if your current mindset and strategy is just to wait three to five years.
1: Exactly. There was one guest on my podcast and I want to quote him. Uh, his name is uh, Daniel Niklaus. He is working, uh, he's implementing AI solutions for uh, banks, mainly in Switzerland. He was saying, Okay, uh, I can't guarantee you that when you are starting using AI now, that you will be in a business in 10 years. But what I can guarantee you, if you don't, you will be out in 10 years. Very well said. I really like how he put it
0: because It sums it up so nicely and as we are getting close to the end of our discussion, I have one final question to you. What would be the one thing you would recommend for companies, for people who are thinking about AI to do in 2020?
1: Learn about AI, inform yourself it's not only that companies should do it uh, i think everyone should uh, do it uh, even if you totally do not work in business you might be a uh, kindergartner or something do it because it's not only to, it's not only a business topic of course it creates a lot of value in um, the business sector but it also has implication on our society democracy uh, and how um, yeah we deal maybe in healthcare, all that kind of stuff. So, if you're not informed, if you know, if you do not know what it is and what it does, and what are the opportunities, and also what are the dangers, you're not able to make any kind of informed decision. And then you just become, you know, someone um, who are, yeah, no ahead of the development, somehow you only react. So, that is my only recommendation and um, learn about it and there's a lot of stuff online in, in any kind of language in any kind of level there are YouTube videos explaining basic topics in 10 minutes you can also do online courses for six weeks or eight months or something so pick something easy and uh, just go with it thank you very
0: much I think this is a great takeaway and a good ending note to be open-minded learn about it and be prepared as it's not only coming, it's already here. Thanks, Fabian, for joining The Cogniverse Show. I'm glad we had this discussion and looking forward to new discussions with you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. If you want to read more on similar topics, please subscribe at think.cognitivecreators.com to the Cogniverse blog where I share relevant insights on creating real business value through digital, how artificial intelligence can assist digital marketing and how business transformations are carried out through revolutionary digital technology. These are all real life examples, learnings and insights that matter and can make a difference in your journey towards digital.